Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Congratulations are in order to begin this week on the Sunday edition of the Yahoo wow. Sports Hockey Podcast. Our friend Julian has a new job. And not another one just added to his lengthy list, but one that's going to take away much of his focus on March 22nd and beyond, with the exception of Sunday mornings. Julian, congrats again, and please share what you're comfortable sharing. Now's the time. Extend it beyond that Twitter thread right now for us. Man, uh, I will be joining the... Uh, first off, thank you for that. That was, that was really cool of you to say. Uh, I'm uh, joining The Athletic as their new associate editor for uh, their NHL team. Uh, that means... Uh, I'll be editing a lot of their content, and uh, from time to time, they may let me uh, write a thing or two on the website. And because of that, uh, I'm not really going to be able to uh, contribute to uh, to Yahoo Sports anymore from a writing capacity, which uh, I'm very mm-hmm. sad about uh, because it's been uh, been like what like six months, pretty much since like the playoff bubble, where I was able to to write stuff for you guys, and I treasured every single moment getting to to write about the Canadians or any other team for you guys. So I just want to say thank you guys so much for giving me that platform, but. I still get to make appearances on the Yahoo Sports Hockey yes, Podcast you with yourself. And I'm very excited about the fact that I get to spend Sunday mornings with you. I, I'm a very big fan of yours, obviously. So uh, getting the opportunity to still kick it with you, I'm very happy about that. So uh, you're you're not getting rid of me that easily, Justin. Uh, we are very happy for you. We're a little disappointed that we're going to lose you from a writing side or your voice from a writing side. But we have you on here Sunday mornings. We couldn't be more grateful for that and that you're getting this opportunity. It's a big week for the McKenzie household. And I'm going to transition now to the ESPN because it's a big week for the NHL too. The NHL signed a massive broadcasting uh, network deal with ESPN, the biggest, most influential network in North America, probably on the planet. This is a massive deal for the NHL, a huge win. I believe it's seven years, a lot of money. Uh, we don't have to get too far into the ditty, nitty gritty, but they're going to be the home for the Stanley Cup finals for, I believe, four of the seven years. Uh, and they're going to be broadcasting big games on a big network. And the NHL has not had that for a little while. I mean, NBC has been great, a great partner for them, uh, but not exactly uh, the perfect spot to be on because ESPN is just that. Um, so how big of a deal is this for the NHL that they've partnered up with the worldwide leader? Cuff, you've outlined it perfectly. Like the fact that ESPN, uh, even if they've gone through the last few years where they've lost the subscribers from a TV standpoint, they've found a way to adjust with with ESPN Plus. Uh, I think they have at least like 11 million subscribers on that platform now. This is obviously the biggest sports platform 
uh, across the face of the earth. And the fact mm-hmm. that the NHL finds itself in a position where they've returned back because they've been back with them before, uh, that's obviously a big deal. I'm curious how ESPN will go about putting the NHL product as front and center as they can be. Obviously, they have their deals with the National Football League. They also have, I think they still have a deal with Major League Baseball as well. They have a, oh, yeah. a Major League, I think a Major League Soccer too. Obviously, they have a lot of irons in the fire. But now with the NHL in their focus for at least the next seven years, you know, to see, because uh, I remember for like years, like people complained about, oh, how come ESPN doesn't ca- talk about hockey all that much? People don't really understand uh, how these broadcasting rights work. So to see that the uh, ESPN is going to have it back and it's going to make it a focus, it's going to make it a priority. Uh, I'm excited for that, even though I'm not going to be in a position where I get to watch ESPN every day, but I'm also intrigued about the talent that they're going to use as well. I think of some of the names at ESPN who have been around the game of hockey. I think of Steve Levy. Uh, I mean, Nabil Karim, Nabil Karim, who was at TSN for a couple of years, now is at ESPN. Will he be used at Barry Melrose? Will they call on him? Uh, Stephen A. Smith. We have to talk about Stephen A. Smith. He put out the video, uh, uh, his Stephen A. list of all the five things he knows about hockey. And number oh, yeah, one was number one was like the puck is black or something. And like at first I was like, ah, if, if this is how Stephen A. is going to do it, I'm not sure. But if there's one guy who could bring eyeballs to anything that he talks about, I mean, they're giving him a whole show where it's just him talking to like the babyfied version of himself. And people watch that. Like it's Stephen A. Smith. So mm-hmm. I think if you're the NHL and even fans too, you should be excited at, at the prospect of of, uh, of Stephen A. Smith and, and and just ESPN just getting behind this and pouring in as much money. And this could be huge, not just for the league itself, but for the players. They get to be on this much bigger platform. I mean, yes, they had highlights and stuff, but their place on this platform is going to be elevated for the next few years. And if the games live up to it too, ESPN, it's going to be a perfect home for the NHL. Yeah, I'm going to touch on a lot of the things you said, uh, but let's start with Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, it was a little a little cringy, a little cringy to be number one that the puck is black, but this is just the introduction to Stephen A. Smith. I think him learning about hockey will actually be both hilarious and informative to those who don't know the game that much. So I think this process of him like taking on the game could be extremely entertaining and very good for the sport as well. Uh, but I'm going to start at the beginning. Um, I don't think there's a single better thing that could happen to the NHL than to be on ESPN. Uh, the most important thing out of all of it, it just legitimizes the brand. I mean, every you mentioned all the things, all the irons in the fire. Everything is on ESPN. And if you're not, then you're not really anything. So that it is very important for the NHL to be there. Um, but in terms of like growing the game and all that, the biggest like single thing is the importance of competition. It's what we're missing in Canada. We don't have, we have all the rights on Sportsnet and that's great. They do a great job. But what's really helped the NFL and the NBA in particular grow is the competition between networks. You have someone, if you're TNT, to compare yourself to in ESPN. You have another network that you have to beat. If you don't sit on your hands, you're going to get beaten and you're not going to evolve and you're just not going to get the sponsorship coming your way. It all, you're always having to force your way up to raise your level to compete with the other network. And if you lose that race, sponsors are going to abandon you and you're just not going to get uh, you know, you're not going to be maximizing your opportunity and your investment in such a big sport. So the internal competition, huge. But then on the other point, can anyone really hang with ESPN in, in America? Probably not. So I'm going to get to the, the, I'm a little worried about the B package, but I'll get to that in a second. But just with ESPN, to that point where like you have to like raise your level, have you ever seen ESPN half-ass anything? Have you ever watched a program on ESPN and thought, well, they didn't put too much effort into this? Never in my life have I, have I felt that. 
And if that's the case, and their baseline is, is that, that everything that they do is very, very good, that's the standard everybody else has to live by. So ESPN can, is going to put the resources in because they don't mess around with their products. And once they put those resources in, everything else is going to have to improve for the NHL. And that just raises the profile and just the standing of the league so, so much. Uh, two things. So first thing, uh, I know you mentioned that Sportsnet has is the main broadcasting rights for has the main has the main broadcasting rights package for exclusive for exclusive Canada. national. I know T- I, that's true. That's that's true. When you put it like that, of course, because I know TSN has like broadcasting rights for specific teams, and people are still they still have that affinity to the TSN brand. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess I'd like to contend there is some form of competition. They still have some of the some great analysts. With, I mean, I know Bob McKenzie's kind 100%. of taking a step back as well, but Pierre Lebrun is still there. Darren Dreger is still there. I think there is still a level of, of competition in, in Canada. I'll add that. And the second point I'll make, it, it almost doesn't even really matter if ESPN half-asses stuff because of the standard that they've built for years upon years upon years. Uh, you can't really beat them right and i'm really intrigued about that b package as well and and it and from what i've been hearing it doesn't seem as if nbc is a slam dunk for that second part of that package as well could fox sports just show up out of nowhere and 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 take it what i I mean i don't know any other cable network that might be in it i don't know if tnt might have an interest as well i'm not going to speculate here but i'm really curious who that second player could be in all this but they they're probably going to be second fiddle to espn anyway Oh, 100%. And that's why I'm a little bit concerned about it, because the NHL still has to get that. There's still three Stanley Cup finals in the next seven years that have to be accounted for. And now NBC's in a position where it's like, okay, uh, you lost a little leverage with us because you've went with someone else and you've given them, you know, the better package. So do we really want to be involved now? And I think that's got to be a concern for the NHL because they sort of need NBC to get the rest of the money. And if I'm NBC, I'm thinking, well, are we going to be able to hang with ESPN in this space? I'm not sure. We have the exist- existing infrastructure, uh, but do we really want to come in second all the time? Is Fox Sports going to want to come in second all the time? I'm not really sure. So that is my one main concern with how they've divvied up um, this this entire thing. But again, it's ESPN. And I, and I just can't quibble with the fact that they've landed on the biggest network possible. Uh, you mentioned the uh, the hockey personalities that we could potentially see and Stephen A would be a big one. Uh, I mean, first take at the Stanley cup finals possibility, which just sounds crazy to me, uh, but Linda Cohn, John Bucci-Garage, Steve Levy, uh, wish Emily Kaplan, like there's a lot yes. of existing people that are already there. And I think they could probably draw a little bit from the Canadian talent talent pool, potentially. I mean, we've seen Canadian broadcasters on NBC, so they could really create this like super team and if they're always on if they're always on espn and always on espn plus uh we could be treated to like hockey coverage unlike we've any anything we've really seen before there's one name espn needs to get there's one name and justin i know on this show i've spoken high praises of your father i think he's probably the best commentator that this country has to offer for games but Gary Thorne is the only play-by-play broadcaster I can think of. Who... I was scared where you're going there. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little relieved. Go ahead. Gary Thorne is the only play-by-play broadcaster I listen to where I get genuine chills going up my spine. I go back to, well, I don't remember which game it was in the 2003 finals, but uh, the ducks Devil series, Paul Correa gets hit by Scott Stevens. I was just thinking that. Gets uh, just out. 
comes back, scores that goal. It's without a doubt one of the greatest calls of all time. What uh, just a quick anecdote here. Uh, another call I really enjoy uh, is uh, Gary Thorne calling the 2001 final with Colorado and New Jersey, and he calls the cup raise with with Raymond Bork. He's like, after 22 years, Epic. Raymond Bork. When I was interning with the Syracuse Crunch a few years ago, uh, the play-by-play guy for the team, big New Jersey Devils fan. He now works with the Vegas Golden Knights. And another intern I was working with, funny enough, uh, works as a PA at ESPN now. Both of them, huge New Jersey Devils fans. They, we were just talking about our favorite teams just one day. And I don't know why I brought it up, but I remember just bringing up that 0-1 final. And I think both of them were just just like trying to remember it. Just like, oh, man, what a painful final. I remember just reciting Gary Thorne calling Raymond Bork's cup raise. Like, all, I, all I had to say was, and after 22 years, and I just got death stares from both of those guys. <laughs> they just got so pissed at me. But that is how powerful uh, Gary Thorne's words on ESPN were. You can go back on onto YouTube and find clips of him calling games in the 90s and, and the 2000s. That 0304 final between Tampa and Calgary, also a stellar masterclass from him. And uh, I believe he is looking for work because he was previously working with the Baltimore yeah. Orioles and they decided to not renew his contract. So... Pick up I mean, the it, phone. It almost seems written in the stars that he left the Baltimore Orioles or he was let go by the Baltimore Orioles. I don't really know how that happened, but I know he was fed up with being the Baltimore Orioles broadcaster because of how bad they are. Um, yeah. But but it almost seems perfect. It almost seems like it's supposed to happen. And he's already said or expressed interest. Uh, so Gary Thorne being the number one guy or number two behind Steve Levy, they don't even have to have number one or number two because they've got a lot of talent and they're going to have a lot of talent showcasing this game. Two more points I want to make on ESPN. And one of the more underrated ones, I think, is that players are going to love this. You don't think Austin Matthews wants to be featured on ESPN. You don't think Austin Matthews wants to be, you know, a full profile with all the pomp and circumstance that ESPN can provide. And he'll be on TV so that his friends at home and the people that he knows from home are going to be able to watch him on the big show on all the bars across the United States, like, plastered everywhere austin matthews that is going to be huge for him and don't forget the olympics are coming up 2022 it's a perfect opportunity for espn to go all in on american superstars in particular and if you look at the standings right now or the goal scoring leaders it's almost all american players that are filling the net right now led by austin matthews so i think that's a very important thing that players are going to be want to want to be seen by this network and that helps legitimize things as well and then the other thing and you can comment on both these after I wonder if this changes anything about how the NHL and NBA are scheduled uh, and more, uh, more specifically the finals um, because ABC will have the NHL and NBC and these two things overlap or the finals in each, the final and finals overlap every year. And I wonder if they'll push for the NHL maybe wrapping up before the NBA and we've, we've heard about the NBA kind of uh, you know, starting on Christmas Day as a possibility. I, I don't know if that'll happen, but if they could stagger these things, it would probably be beneficial for them because I don't think ABC is going to want to toggle back and forth between the NHL and NBA finals uh, in June when we get there. Um, but the fact that we could have the NHL, like if, if these two things are working at the same time, like it's just going to be, you know, set your television to ABC on and just, you know, turn it on at eight o'clock and you're set and you're ready to go because those are the most important games and the most important games are always on ESPN. So that's another big thing. I'll, I'll let you take those two points. 
I'll, I'll, I'll start with the scheduling, the scheduling thing first. Uh, the only thing I really have to say about that, no matter how the ESPN or, or the NHL and the NBA decide that they'll align everything. I just picture, you know, what's the name of that duck from DuckTales? Is it Scrooge McDuck just like jumping in the vat of like gold coins and just like bathing in all of it? People are going to make big money anyway. So I think <laughs> regardless of whether they put the NHL first before the NBA, money's going to be made regardless. I could see that situation. I think you've, you've raised a really good point because I think uh, the, the country of America still has that hold with the NBA, or I guess it should be said vice versa in terms of how the ratings have been with them. Uh, so I can see a situation where the NHL might start off at least a bit behind the NBA here. And, and to the other point, which uh, I had a whole set of points in my head, I completely blanked on all of them because I was really excited to talk about the other point. This is rather embarrassing. Just the the ESPN featuring guys like Matthews. I mean, yes. the Scrooge McDuck thing. It was perfect. You, you could just you yes. could have left it there, but I'll, I'll I'll remind you. Okay, so I'm I'm really glad that you brought up the point that uh, you know the American players are really going to love this because and and for Canadian fans, they might hate this we might be coming up on like probably the greatest era for hockey in the States. We're talking about the fact that some of the best players in the world are American. We're talking about the fact there's a good chance at the next Olympics, when they do let NHL players play, the Americans might win. They might have a solid forward core. They will probably go in with the best goaltending tandem of any country with, with Connor Hellebuck and John Gibson. You got to figure out who's going to be one, two between those two. But mm -hmm. I don't think Canada, we were talking about the uh, potential lineups for team Canada in 2022. I don't know if Canada has a bet. Canada doesn't have a better goaltending tandem after Carey Price. No, and even no. Carey Price has a bit all that great, right? Like it's, it, it's not going to compare. So I think for, for a lot of people who watch ESPN to see America do well, not just with the, with obviously with the teams that win every year, but with the players themselves, the faces that they see also collectively, that's going to be huge for American fans and, and even more casuals who will see it and be like, oh, wow, like America's like really good at hockey. Like we have the best players. There's going to be like a like an annoying superiority thing that a lot of Canadians are going to get really annoyed over because Americans do that a lot. Not to not to shade Americans, but you do have no, that no. superiority complex. No, but it, it's going to happen. But it's but going it's to important. be to ESPN's benefit. Absolutely. That people do, get do it. We, people do we as Canadians, do we just want this to be Canadian sport? Because there's so that's no. limiting. That is very, very limiting. If we just Absolutely. want to protect this and have it only be for Canada, it is it, for it to be bigger. It has to be for the United States too. And I agree with you 100. percent Not only are some of the best players American, but some of the ones with the biggest personalities are Americans as well. And I'm going to mm -hmm. mention Austin Matthews again. Like these are guys that need to be profiled and showcased on a bigger level, and ESPN certainly provides that. I don't think they're there yet, though, in terms of, I mean, there's been all this talk about how the United I States are I think they're coming. closer than you we've think. We've seen that. We've seen that in the World Juniors. Yeah. They're closer I mean, it's than you split. think. It's probably split. But if you look at those two teams, I mean, you're starting with Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby. You can't hang with that in the United States. I, I, sorry, I agree. You're not there I agree. Yet. I agree. But I, I, I still think that the, the, United, the United States are a lot closer than a lot of people think. I'm with you. Like, look, Connor McDavid, full stop. Like, oh, yeah. good luck hanging with that. Good luck hanging with those three players. But the Americans, they're, 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 they have the talent. They have guys who can hang with Canada. Like, I think people are going to be really surprised at the next Olympics at how good the Americans – and, I mean, the Americans are, are always usually good, but I, I think people yeah. are going to be surprised. 
It's one A and one B. And that is the That's best it. possible thing for the NHL is to not only just go to the Olympics. I mean, we've had to twist their arm to get to the Olympics. But the fact that the United States and Canada are in this situation, ESPN is fully invested. Sportsnet is fully invested. I mean, this is only going to portend good things for this league. Uh, and, and the United States being on the same level, both at a competition standpoint and a interest broadcasting standpoint, very, very important. Okay, let's uh, wrap up the ESPN discussion to quickly uh, pivot to what basically the news dump that followed all this. I mean, it was a big week for Gary Bettman. Obviously, it was a front-facing week for Gary Bettman because he had to talk about these big deals that have been signed and the ones that are going to be signed uh, very soon, potentially, with uh, NBC or whoever is going to take on that B package. Um, but, you know, with that, we get questions about the state of the game and all that. And uh, it wasn't exactly as exciting as the ESPN news was because there were some there were some realities that he drove home that are a little bit unfortunate, I guess, for the hockey fan and maybe a little bit limiting if you are the NHL. And we'll get to all that. But I think the most important thing that we learned, and I don't know if we learned it because we probably knew, is that the ESPN deal is not going to all of a sudden fix all the finances with the NHL. The cap is not going to increase because they are still paying. They're still well into debt from staging the bubble last year, which cost more than ever anticipated, apparently. And the fact that we've had only a fraction of the amount of fans that should be there in arenas, in arenas so far. Um, so Bettman said that basically for the next four years and in line with the CBA that was extended, that the cap is basically just going to stay flat. Um, a, a bit of a pain point for me, um, but I guess I sort of understand why. But what was your take on that? When you put it that way, I have a much better understanding as to why. Because as someone who maybe is not necessarily all in the know or doesn't have a proper understanding of these things, I was led to believe that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. You know, we were having the season right now. The, the ESPN deal come together was the biggest one, of you know, to see the team. Okay, let me reformulate this properly here. So when we were at a time where we had no clue whether or not there would be an NHL season, one of the biggest okay. things that I kept hearing from people was that, you know what, there needs to be a season so that way a TV deal could happen. And then after that, all the money that would come after that, then all these teams could recoup and, you know, it's, it'll be worth it to play and not play. I guess, I guess I just kind of associated that with the fact that the salary cap would at least kind of go up a little incrementally, at least, you know, not necessarily significant change, but I figured they'd see something. 
uh, maybe mm-hmm. like a year where you know the cap would be flat and then that's it. I remember speaking with uh, with an agent in the offseason. They were saying, don't be surprised if the cap would stay flat. But I, I was under the impression that at that least with like a TV deal, like what's being brought up with ESPN, uh, yeah. that at least it would go up a bit. So when you lay it out as you did, where you know not a lot of people were in the stands to watch teams play, uh, it cost the NHL a lot of money. There's still plenty, especially in Canada. Uh, a lot of teams are not able to to make much of anything this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes a lot more sense uh, to see that the salary cap is unfortunately going to stay flat. Uh, so I appreciate you laying that all off for me because I was not completely sure why it would end up being in the way that it is. It's just an unfortunate situation for teams, and it's going to make it a lot harder for free agency and, and tougher decisions on 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 players going forward, whether they're RFAs or UFAs or whatnot. It could be interesting. We could be seeing a lot of bloodshed, but. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a difficult situation if you're a general manager. I still think it's short-sighted, though. I mean, the we uh, the immediate reaction was like, okay, the money's coming in. So, we, I mean, we got the expansion fee for Seattle. We've got yeah. this seven-year deal that's going to be more lucrative than it ever has been. So, the you know ownership is going to get their money eventually. Um, but what happens in the system is that they have to be made whole immediately. So, all that money isn't coming immediately. That money is promised down the line. So they can't be made whole now, and therefore the salary cap stays the same. But in the, in the business world, you got to pay some to get some. And that's how I feel the NHL should be looking at this. Yes, take your losses and let the game you know, recover to the, to the extent that it was and allow teams to still be competitive. We're going to get to Nikita Kucherov later. But this puts all these teams in a bind right now. Seattle will help mitigate that a little bit because obviously one contract is going out the door on every team. Um, but it, it's just, to me, it's missing the point, which is you're on ESPN now. Let's get this game to the level that it needs to be. And as long as the salary cap is staying flat, it's not going to be at the level that it needs to be. A couple other things from Batman, unless you wanted to extend on that point. Um, and you can after, after my spiel here, but... Uh, we're also getting the news that the Canadian division is likely not returning, despite the fact that Canadian teams actually want to see it next season, or some Canadian teams want to see it, but that divisional play may increase. So if Batman has learned or seen anything uh, that he likes from this current setup is that the increase in divisional play uh, is, is probably it. So I'm a little, you know, I've been up and down on the, on the Canadian division. I kind of want to see it at its full strength, which would be packed barns and, you know, the actual, uh, the opportunity to actually play other teams like that. I think that's just important. Playing the same six teams is not fun uh, or not as fun as we maybe thought it was going to be. Uh, but I think they're right in identifying the fact that we do need a little bit more divisional play. Uh, it's just the fact that we're probably going to see this Canadian division not at its full functionality. Uh, and that's just the reality of it. Yeah. I, I want to focus more on the divisional play here. I just think that uh as someone who was saying on this podcast, you know, there's some exciting stuff that could come in this year's divisional play. I have to admit the monotony of seeing the same six teams over and over and over, it kind of wears down on you as a hockey viewer. And Mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know how you feel about it, but it's also a little bit more difficult on me to, to follow teams outside of the division. I feel like it's a bit, it's a bit more of a stretch as opposed to, you know, a random Edmonton Oilers Vegas golden Knights game being scheduled. It's like, Oh, okay. Just happens to be on Sportsnet. We can watch that game. Uh, It's been a bit of a, not to say I haven't watched, obviously I definitely try to do my homework as much as I can, but uh, it's definitely made things a bit difficult. And I can't imagine what it's been like for 
actual Canadian viewers who don't have to worry about being on podcasts every week to talk hockey. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they, they obviously want to follow their teams, but they might not have a clue how Jack Eichel's doing in, in Buffalo this year. They might not have even seen Kirill Kaprizov play in Minnesota. So I'm glad that uh, there could, I mean, I, I would be cool with a compromise where you get rid of the Canadian division, but you try to have more divisional play and you have all those other teams, you know, you have all these other Canadian teams get to see more of the American teams going forward. Uh, I just think that after seeing what the Calgary flames over and over the Ottawa senators over and over Toronto Maple Leafs over and over the Winnipeg, the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, Tyler Toffoli probably doesn't mind the idea of playing the Vancouver Canucks. I'm sure, but I'm sure for some of these teams after a while, it's like, Oh God, we got to play these guys like again, you know, like I I think I, I thought about that. That's the really tiring point here. I mean, that's that's what's getting taxing for the viewer, I think, is seeing every team over and over and over again. But the actual race, that is what's intriguing. And that, I think, might get good at the end when there's, you know, it looks oh, yeah. like there's five teams involved, obviously only four spots. We don't know who's going to come first. First and second, there's a battle. Second and third, there's a battle. Third and fourth, there's a battle, it seems. Uh, so we're going to get a decent race. Uh, and that would be great if you could have that while you're playing other teams. I think that's the perfect scenario. But this is an imperfect situation because we're going to be 32 teams next year. You divide that by four and you can't just have seven Canadian teams in one division anymore. You need that extra. You're going to have one team that's not Canadian in there. And that's a really weird situation. So this was certainly a one-off, it seems. Uh, But I I do think that they made uh, identifying the fact that we need more divisional play, uh, I think is a good thing. Uh, And the other thing we got from Batman is that sponsors are going to remain on helmets don't want to hear any complaining about that it is fine it is not a big deal the philadelphia flyers one is way too big but i'm quibbling with it by mentioning that everybody else is cool everybody else is fine i have not seen the flyers one how like how big of a deal is it am i allowed to just like okay am i allowed to just kind of google and react on the fly not just i mean like i i I haven't really focused on it i suppose it can't be that big of a deal right okay go for a quick google go for a quick google search i'll try to carry this with some hot helmet talk uh but everything's i mean everything we're seeing in the canadian division is fine the leaves are small the bell one in montreal is maybe i, I just don't like when they're a different color like at the red on the maple leafs uniform is kind of weird to me it's not, it's big. not that big no it's pretty it's big. not that big at all I don't it's think bigger it's than most big. it's bigger than I most mean, teams. no let's I just say i don't I don't, I don't notice it with anyone else but when i turn on the flyers i'm like oh there's a there's a helmet on that or there's an ad on that helmet there's a helmet on that. I, I i guess fine but like i i just think it's like the least of people's problems they're barely noticeable all be. around like like be. seriously i i don't think there's any just seeing people complain about it was just so ridiculous anyway okay let's get on to something that people actually should be able to complain about not me i'm not going to complain about it uh, I'll just uh, put that spoiler out there. But Nikita Kucherov returned to the ice, at least in front of cameras and reporters and so on and so forth, uh, just to do a little skating, I think nine weeks out of the postseason. I'm not sure what the exact timetable is, but it basically puts him on the perfect timetable to do exactly what it was set forth, which was to get offseason surgery at the perfect time so that he could uh, join the team just in time for the postseason and that his number, close to $9 million or over $9 million, doesn't count against the Tampa Bay Lightning salary cap when it matters most. This is one of the big loopholes in the CBA, something that all teams, well, not all teams have taken advantage of, but a lot of teams that have been cup contenders have taken advantage of this little wrinkle because you can put players on LTIR, you can load up, and then the cap just doesn't count when 
the actual championship is being played for, which is uh, strange in itself. But um, yeah, it, it, the Tampa Bay Lightning basically charted this out in their minds. We know he needs surgery. We know how long it takes to recover from this surgery. We're going to put Nikita Kucherov in perfect uh, in a perfect situation to help us when it matters the most, which is trying to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. Obviously, this has a lot of people in a tizzy because this seems like clear circumvention of the salary cap doing this so deliberately, but it's in the rules. The Lightning are taking advantage of those rules, and now they have the full complement of players that they had basically on their Stanley Cup run uh, set to be available to them when the Stanley Cup playoffs start. And I say more power to them. What say you? I'd say that, you know, I would understand if this was something that only the Tampa Bay Lightning could do. This was something that was only at, at, at their privy and nobody else could take advantage of this. But because everyone else can take advantage of this, I don't see the issue here. You mean to tell me if if the Toronto Maple Leafs had Austin Matthews in this situation, he couldn't play through a whole year with his wrist, that the Toronto Maple Leafs wouldn't take advantage of this? If the Edmonton Oilers were a situation where they couldn't have Connor McDavid play and they had to find a way to make it to the playoffs and then they make the playoffs and it's like, boom, we have a healthy Connor McDavid. You don't think teams are going to take advantage of that? I just find that very bizarre. And considering how the salary cap is, considering how contracts are in the National Hockey League, we've already talked about the fact that they're going to be under a flat salary cap. There's not a lot of breathing room for any. You're just going to see more of it. That's it. There's not a lot of breathing room for a lot of NHL teams to, to do anything. It's one of the few things they can do. So I don't get why a lot of people from a lot of people are kind of dumping on the Tampa Bay Lightning here. Also, I don't know if you saw the tweet from from Mike Johnson, uh, who I know a lot of people were, were obviously harping on, on the injury with with Nikita Kucherov. And some people were thinking, oh, is he actually healthy? What's going on here? Uh, Mike Johnson, I don't have the tweet in front of me. But he was saying he was in a similar situation a few years ago and the, the timetable for him to play wasn't necessarily all that clear. He had to wait, you know, a couple months, right? So this isn't exactly a, a clear-cut science. It's it's possible that, you know, Kucherov could just try to get some skating in. He might still feel some discomfort, and he might only genuinely be ready in time for the playoffs. So I think the fact that a lot of people are just kind of running with it here, it's a, I think it's a bit ridiculous in my eyes. In, in the best case scenario, do you think the Tampa Bay Lightning truly wanted a recent MVP to miss the entire season? I, I think they know in their heart that they were good enough to actually get away with him not playing. But the fact of the matter is that he needed this operation. He needed this surgery. He needed to be fixed from a health perspective. Did they time it just so that it would help them? Probably. But why are we complaining about them timing it the way that they did? You have to play the hand that you're dealt the hand that they were dealt is that Nikita Kucherov needed surgery, needed fixing, needed to be, uh, needed to miss a large portion of the season in order to be right. And they just chose the best route for them, which was to have him potentially ready for the start of the playoffs. If the league is going to continue to be short-sighted about salary cap and the rules regarding the CBA and not having a luxury tax and not having, you know, this wiggle room, franchise tags, all these different things that can help these situations, then you're going to have, you're going to force teams to find ways to circumvent the situation. That's exactly what the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing. And every other team should be exploring those options if they have that option or if they have that problem in front of them. I guarantee the Maple Leafs do not want Austin Matthews to miss an entire season because of some sort of injury. And they're probably not going to choose that route uh, because that takes away from the entertainment value, the money-making capabilities, everything. But Nikita Kucherov was always going to miss time. 
And the fact of the matter is that they chose the time that best suits them. And now it's going to work out in their favor. I still think a lot of fans are upset about this because it's Tampa Bay, because of how good they are, because of the fact that they are already, they were there. They, I mean, Kucherov is on the mend or maybe not mend is the right word here, but Kucherov is skating here and Tampa Bay has been fine. It's not as if they needed him to get through a regular season and then he's going to, going to show up and then Tampa Bay could go out and win. You wouldn't be saying the same thing. If Daniel Walcott was in this particular situation, he'd be going to the taxi squad at best. I think this is just because Tampa Bay is loaded as they are. And I know they had this out. They had a point when they were trying to go through, you know, their off season, trying to move around contracts, trying to sign guys to offer seats, not offer seats, but to contracts and whatever. It got to a point where they were like $334 from like the salary cap, like, Mm -hmm. like the limit, you know, like Julian Brisebois, the GM in Tampa Bay, he should be commended for, for all of the salary cap gymnastics he's been able to do for the last few months. And I mean, it's a bit of an unfortunate situation to see that Nikita Kucherov has to miss significant time, but it was a pretty fortunate thing to have happened to this franchise for this particular situation. And if he's able to be healthy for them for the playoffs, I mean, that's, that's luck to them. I mean, you're absolutely right. You play with the cards you've been dealt with. And I think Tampa was, Delta, a bit of an interesting situation. And I think they could still make the most of it. I think people are just mad, though, that it's just them and, and not, yeah. you know, another team or another player. Uh, they, they certainly made the most of it. Uh, a reckoning is coming for Tampa Bay eventually, unless yeah. Tampa Bay, uh, you know, unless Victor Hedman maybe needs to miss an 82-game season next year and Tampa Bay is cool with it. Uh, but that reckoning could come after back-to-back Stanley Cup champions championships because – they are once again an elite team. They're going to be even better than they were last year, I guess, on paper, it seems. Uh, so uh, this is something that could not only annoy people right now and the start of the playoffs, but annoy people certainly if Nikita Kucherov on that injured hip is, uh, or those injured hips are bracing for a Stanley Cup lift. Uh, let's get to the final topic, which is something that's, I guess, close to home for both of us. The Montreal Canadiens and Toronto Maple Leafs are both coming off pretty disappointing series losses. If you want to call them series losses or kind of using baseball terms, Montreal losing twice to Calgary, Toronto, getting only an overtime win over the Winnipeg Jets, both of them losing pretty significant ground uh, in the North division standings where they are both handled by teams below them. And therefore the pack is tightening. So which series loss was more alarming in your opinion? Uh, I just want to say before I, I make my selection here, the moral of the story here is if Chris Johnston refers to you as a juggernaut, there's a good chance you're going to suffer. Sorry, I had to make that point, CJ. The answer to this question, I think, is the Montreal Canadiens. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs, regardless of that series loss, uh, they ran up against a really good team in the Winnipeg Jets. And I don't think enough people gave them credit at the beginning of the year. A lot of people praised the Canadians. A lot of people praised the Toronto Maple Leafs. I've seen people say like, you know what? The Calgary Flames are going to do really well. I've seen people say, Hey, the Edmonton Oilers. I've seen uh, Vancouver Canucks. And a lot, even people were talking about the Ottawa Senators as trying to be like a, like a dark horse, or at least, you know what? If they, if they weren't going to make the playoffs, they still had attention on them. I don't feel enough people gave enough attention to the Winnipeg Jets. And this is just a small little tangent I just want to go on here. They have yep. this great top six. They have a reigning Vezina winner. I know their defense is a little suspect, but they've managed to, to be a really good team. And I think that while Toronto will likely, there's a good chance Toronto could still be the best Canadian team that comes out of that division. Do not sleep on the Winnipeg Jets who have come through playoff series and won them before with a great deal of the core that they have. So I think for Toronto to lose a series against the Winnipeg Jets, 
I don't think there's a lot of shame in that. They're still going to be in good shape. If you're the Montreal Canadiens, however, you lose a series to the Calgary Flames. I get it. The first of the two games was Thursday night. They had played in Vancouver before the night before. It was like, I guess, eight o'clock on the West Coast. It was 11 o'clock on the East Coast for, for, for some of us watching that game. So that was just insane to even go through. Imagine if you were in Newfoundland. It was like 1230 when that game started for you guys. Uh, so they go through that game. The very next night, they go off to Calgary. They're playing their first game, I think, since Sunday. They were very much well-rested. So it was like the first game in, in, Dar- in the Daryl Setter 2.0 era. Yeah. Uh, they were trying to, you know, kind of stop the bleeding. I don't remember how many games they had lost in a row, but they basically just shut down the Montreal Canadiens in the middle of the ice. They came up against a Calgary Flames team that was a bit determined. But in that second game where the Montreal Canadiens had at least had another day of rest, you'd think they'd be a bit more up to the up to the task. We still didn't get that. And this is a team that had that hot start. They've since fallen. And now if you look at the standings, even if the Canadians have games in hand on, on the Flames and I think the Canucks are in this run or in this kind of threshold as well. Yeah, kind of there. Again, if the games in hand do play a role in it, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, you have to start thinking like, what's next, right? And when you, if you've seen the moves that Mark Bergevin has done, you go back to the offseason with the free agent signings that he's made. When the Canadiens started faltering partway through this year, he fired Claude Julien, he fired Kirk Muller. Uh, Carey Price wasn't playing all that well in the middle of a game. He decides to fire Stefan Wait, And it seems we've got out of that particular firing, we've gotten the fact that, you know what? Mark Bergevin feels that if, if Carey Price doesn't have a good end to his year, that might be the end of his job. So there's pressure underneath the seat of Mark Bergevin. So he's probably going to have to make some kind of a trade. All of that encompasses the fact that it's probably more alarming for the Montreal Canadiens to have lost the series that they did against the Calgary Flames as opposed to what the Toronto Maple Leafs went through uh, against the Winnipeg Jets? Uh, That is a much better answer than the one I'm going to provide. But the fact that the fifth-place team gained on the fourth-place team and the second-place team gained on the first-place team is probably a worse scenario or a worse outcome for the fourth-place team that is fighting for a playoff spot. Like, the Toronto Maple Leafs are pretty comfortably in a playoff spot. Montreal Canadiens are not. So losing to a team below you is far worse, I think, for for uh, Montreal and for Toronto, I don't think they're necessarily built for a situation that is running away with the division. I don't think that's a particularly good thing for them. I think them being in the fight is probably beneficial for them because not that they've ever run away with the division recently or in recent history, the fact that they knew exactly what they were going to be the last few or I guess not last year but the year before that they knew they were third they knew they were playing Boston that wasn't a good thing for them it kind of put them in cruise control maybe their blinders were on uh to everything else and just on Boston it didn't really go well I think they got away from their game a little bit I think you want to be fighting to the end I think you want to be in your best most competitive form uh near the end of the season and being in cruise control entering postseason yeah maybe Tampa Bay maybe that's good for them I don't think mm-hmm. so for a team as much that really needs to prove it still. So certainly I think Montreal had the worst week. It was a good week though for Julian McKenzie. And we'll leave it there because we now have an athletic contributor on the Yahoo Sports Hockey podcast. And I'm very happy for you that you're able to uh, Thank you, expand bro. your horizons, get that job. It's a very exciting thing. And uh, I, I'm selfishly very, very happy that you're still allowed to join us on Sunday. So Congrats again, uh, and we'll leave it there. I don't want to cut you off, so I'll let you sign off this week. Uh, I just want to say thank you again, man. Uh, obviously, I think very highly of you. I see you as the franchise, obviously. Uh, so the opportunity to 
to do the show with you every week is a big blessing and a big honor. So, and, uh, and I'm very excited that I still get to do it in my uh, current capacity. Appreciate it, man. Uh, until next week, that was the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.